She's still a dude. She's still a dude. We still have these days. It's the Mookie Wudu Podcast. I'm DJ. And I'm Will the Greatest. And this is the podcast where we typically take a second look back at uh, our favorite pieces of media, be they albums or or uh, movies. And if you want to make a request, you can head on over to Kofi.com slash rap critic. And if you want to hear those requests early, plus all the other fun, sexy stuff I got going on, head on over to Patreon.com slash rap critic, uh, where you can see all that fun stuff. But yeah, this is the podcast. Like I said, we typically take a look back at uh take a second look back at things. But uh, you know, this month we we saw that the, the Good Burger 2 joint was coming up. We was like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> Let's take a look back at the version, see how it holds up over hey, if this new joint's gonna be on, you feel me? And going back to the first movie as well, you know what I'm saying to uh, mm-hmm. recalibrate the nostalgia. You know what I'm saying. Make sure, make sure we're really getting it right yeah. to really give you uh, uh, the double deluxe review of uh, Good Burger and Good Burger Two. So the, the super sized. <laughs> That's right. So just out the gate, just to throw my opening gimmick, because I don't think this is going to be necessarily the most deepest episode. But uh, who knows? You know when we get to talking. Yeah, but yeah I, I'll just come out and say it. Well, there a Good Burger sequel. I didn't mind it too much. I, I thought it was, it did what it needed to do as far as like, you know, delivering good enough laughs. Like there were definitely times where it was like, okay, that's a bit of a kid joke. But again, going back to the old movie, it's like, uh, it's not like there weren't a bit of like, but I'm bum jokes. Yeah, juvenile humor or anything. Like- yeah, exactly. So it's like, it, and to me, it felt about on the same clip. Like there were genuine moments that did make me laugh in the same way in the original movie. I remember being like, yeah. oh, that actually did make me laugh. Uh, what about you? Yeah, it was. So I watched this over Thanksgiving with my partner and their family. So it was like yeah. five of us just like, hey, we got Paramount Plus. Let's watch a good burger, too. And then getting through it, I'm like, well, that happened. Like not like any sort of facetious Marvel character-esque way. Yeah. It was very much like, well, there is a start, middle and end. I guess what I can say, it starts to further that theory I posited during the last one that like <laughs> Ed might really be the god of this universe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll definitely dip into that for a second. Uh. But, like, it, it was, I mean, it was fine. It got some pleasant surprises out of me. The performances were fine. It it was like, you, you kind of, I mean, it even has the same writers, apparently, aside from Dan Schneider. It's oh, wow. missing one. But, like, I don't know what you can really expect from a good burger. Like, my expectation going into it is, like, oh, this time it's good burger, but... The villain is maybe like, I think you actually called it in the first one where it's like, oh, what if it was a big scheme where it turned out he was like some legacy spoiled brat from some bigger enterprise? And it's like, right, right. That's kind of what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's sort of it. like when, when I was watching, I'm like, huh, he kind of called that a little bit. You know, called the whole thing about him being God. But uh, so... Just to go real quick, just to get out of the way, because it was like, you know, I'm thinking of the whole movie, right? It's like, Heenan looks pretty much exactly the same. Yes. Kel looks... Kel does not. And, and I feel so bad, like, you know, talking about someone looks... Like, I don't want to put it at the same time, like, I, I can't help because they're right. Their faces are so right next to each other most of the time. And Keenan looks so the same. And Kel looks like, like, he doesn't look like old in a gold, but he looks like... He doesn't look bad, but he clearly has makeup over his wrinkles. Like, yeah, Cal, right, Cal right. Mitchell is a very, like, healthy, happy-looking guy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But clearly, the makeup That's there... That's the thing. I feel like I've seen him in other things <laughs> that they that put on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked like if Michael Jackson was still black. Like, he... <laughs> That's what it looked like to me, and I was like... <laughs> I could not notice that the whole time, you know what I mean? It's something about the way they made up his face, because, like, seeing just a regular static image of Kel Mitchell, he looks great. Yeah. Like, he's 45, he's young, he, he's in good shape, he's a really good-looking guy, and then you see him, like, back in the, the braids and the fit, and it's like, huh. And, and I saw it in the trailer, and everyone else noticed it. It's like, something's up with his face. I think it's, like, a really strong, like, anti- aging cream or a blemish cream whatever they use to tone his face i don't know like it just looks like his face is on someone else's face that's like a skeleton that's like slightly too yeah it's very robert zemeckis polar express yeah it, it feels even weirder because later on when he's the robo kel he actually looks better <laughs> yeah I don't know how they did that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's one of those things where, like, I know they're smoothing it on purpose, but it's like, right. now I'm especially noticing, like, calling attention to it, you know what I mean? No, yeah, I noticed it from the first trailer. Also, this movie opens in a way 
I, I, I'm not going to go into the details, but it's just like it opens in one of those. It's just such a head scratcher. Well, I actually, no, let's get into it because okay. it's like, okay, so it starts off, you know, all in the same way that the first one does, a fantasy sequence of them, you know, hanging out with burgers. And this time there's a song, but it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this is a Paramount Plus movie where, you know, where, where this might not make it to the theater. So maybe we didn't give the full budget to, uh, you know, have the sound editor actually make sure the tracks were on beat with the uh, music. You know, I was like, oh, what's <laughs> happening here? We didn't pay the sound editing team enough. There were a couple of moments during the very beginning of the movie where I was like, uh, uh-oh, is everything okay? Did they, were they able to finish the movie? You know, because like right after that, there's the Good Burger like opening like, uh, uh, you know, animation sequence. And didn't it seem like that was supposed to go on for a longer time? Yeah. Like, didn't it seem like it was like, oh, do they just like cut this because it's like the short version for TV? But it was like, like the way it looked so vibrant, it was like, why would you just show that for a couple of seconds? Like, it felt to me like they were doing like, oh, we're going to do this thing with this. Shit, this actually costs a lot of money and, you know, claymation moving things <laughs> one at a time. We're running out of budget. We need those uh, influencer cameos to pay off. Exactly. So that, that's what it kind of felt like to me. So at first, I was a little, things felt a little creaky, but I'm not going to lie. Like, as the movie went on, I was like, you know what? This is about what it needs to be. So I, I can't lie. I, I enjoyed it. Oh, again, there was another point, uh, another point where you see Pete Davidson. Yeah. There's a couple people here. I'm just like, oh, what? Like, yeah, because we were, because Marcy Martin is in it too, just in a bit role. And we were sitting yeah. on the couch. It's like, Marcy Martin? <laughs> Nicole Byer, what are you doing here as Discount Lizzo? Is that Pete Davidson? And, and like, he barely does anything. Like, it's probably the funniest bit they could have gotten out of him. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, I've been waiting here for 20 minutes. Which, you know, props the question. And I know it's like sketch comedy thing and there's only so far you can stretch it, right? Mm-hmm. But it does become like the, what's the word? Like, the snapping of the rubber band of like, why are these people still here? Like, he said he's been waiting for 20 minutes. Go to another restaurant. He's apparently been taking a nap. How good are these fucking burgers where these people can't just get another burger? I mean, so good that there's been a revenge plot against it for two and a half decades. Yeah, apparently. The weirdest thing about, like, the cameos in this movie is they feel like they're supposed to be longer than they are. Yeah, yeah. It definitely feels like, uh, we can only get a couple of lines in. Like, there's one that I could have swore. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a setup for something later. No. It was just a one-off joke, and they have a lot of them, which is, again, it's not like the first one didn't do that, and it's not like yeah, the sketch yeah. didn't do that. It's just kind of like, it's like the opposite, where you expect a joke to go too long. Yeah. But, like, the jokes know when to cut off. Don't get me wrong. Like, they still have good comedic timing, but they kind of cut off too soon. Yeah, yeah. Before you expect them to cut off, because <laughs> it doesn't hit the point of annoyance, but it also doesn't hit the sweet spot of, like, being funny. Right, so then you're right. Like, Oh, okay. The punch, uh, like, there's the punchline, and then the joke ends. You're like, oh, the, uh, move around. You said 90 minutes, and you said we're keeping it tight. Huh? Okay. Yeah. I'm not mad. Right. So it's 26 years later. Dexter, you know, Keenan's character, is, you know, entrepreneur, still trying to, you know, get rich quick, essentially, but now in the more legitimate business sort of version of things. And apparently, he's a CEO, CFO, see all of these things. Uh, uh, of this corporation, yeah. so big time entrepreneur, money man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so things could have been going too bad really, for for it being twenty six years later, and you know what I'm saying. But uh, but whatever. He he does this new idea that that just feels so like it's so clunky. It was the dumbest idea. It was like clearly a wrote this down first draft and didn't come back to it. It annoyed me because like in the first movie. You know, it's realistic. Like, a kid's about to go on vacation, then he gets into a car accident, and then, oh, he has to pay it off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just a legitimate, like, plot. Like, you could say it's, like, oh, a basic plot, but, like, I see that happening. With this plot, it's, he comes up with an idea of, like, unburnable products, basically. Like, you know, you put some stuff on it, and it doesn't burn. And he decides to use his own house as an example. <laughs> and it's, like, it's the most... It's so stupid. Like you couldn't have done anything, like an outhouse, anything other than your own house. Which is what we were all saying while watching it in the living room. Not not flame retardant, entirely like anti-flame. It is flame repellent in the, like, 100%. He's like, and by doing this, I'm going to test it on my own home because I have so much confidence. Yeah. I'm like, no, that is the dumbest choice. And if these are the decisions you make, I don't know how you made it this far in your career for the past... 25 26 years yeah yeah now now keenan's acting you when i was thinking about it like watching him it's like 
don't you always get that feeling where he's like he's always like doing a perpetual like kind of smirk like it's like let me believe what you're saying you know what i mean like it, it feels like kid acting still to me you know like he's still doing ticks that you do as a kid to be like this is how i communicate you know what i'm saying like well, well i guess if you've been on snl that long where they kind of you hide the laugh but they don't like kick you out if you laugh yeah yeah it's exactly snl acting yeah so yeah. It, it's kind of like you can lean into it a little bit and, and he does kind of play it a up a little bit like and here is my new grand idea and i'm gonna test it out on my own home I mean, it's like yeah what's weird is like the opening is about as convoluted as it gets right right yeah for good burger too just because it's incredibly contrived because like um i don't know if you've heard that like thing that the the south park writer said it's like you know trying to change your writing from so then to therefore right 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 things lead into each other but this is the most forced way where it's like kenan thompson banks all his like money and, and shekels on an investment for an anti-fire product that he invites the fire department too which that that is kind of funny i mean i guess it's like you know you do have to you know sort of regulation sort of thing yeah yeah but the idea is like oh but we won't need you you know yeah yeah that, that's like showing robocop to the police officers it's like yeah okay, <laughs> let's see how this goes then mark cuban shows up again i do think his cameo is actually kind of funny yeah yeah and we knew he was here because we looked briefly at the, the cast before the movie came out when we recorded it. And we were both like, what is Mark Cuban doing here? What cinematic universe is this? You know, I was like, is he, is he trying to take advantage of black people? What's going on? I was like looking up to see something with black people that he did. Right. Yeah, this is the second black movie he's been in this year, I think. But no, I think he's, a, he's an NBA, you know, uh, financier. So it's that sort of deal where it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but. But yeah, he just goes up and he's like, please, Mark Cuban, please help me, Mark Cuban. And Mark Cuban's like, no. He actually does have a funny line. He goes like, he's just like, you ruined me. Well, actually, I'll be fine. I, I've got, you know, this, that, and that. You're screwed, but yeah. <laughs> right. That was funny enough as a rich guy line. The fact that Mark Cuban has a solid one-liner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Dexter's down as lucky. He looks at the yo-yo that his friend got him from 26 years ago. You know, he dusts it off. He's fucking homeless he ran out of everything i'm like so all of it went up in flames yeah jesus christ everyone turns on this man you know like you ain't got no friends you ain't got nothing like dang well first of all you don't have a savings account bro <laughs> was the money in the bed frame? like it's been 26 years bro he had i think two bags when he gets to ed oh yeah he looks at he looks down at his yo-yo you know he sees ed you know up here on the yo-yo he's like hey dude join the restaurant and it's like, it's treated like he hasn't seen him in all of these years, which, you know, like, it's odd, but, like, it's funny to be as I was watching it. That, that's what I wrote down. Yeah, like, it legit looks like he did fever dream before he called Kel to do this movie. You know, he's like, come on, buddy. You know, you need another project. And you know, the pandemic's got things looking a little tight. You know, that TV show didn't do too well. <laughs> he's like, well, my sitcom got canceled on NBC, and that had the backing of literal, the literal creator of SNL, so... Let me call up Kel and the people at Viacom, see if we can squeeze out another one. And you know what's so funny? Watching this movie, watching this movie, like, they still have good timing. Yeah. And they still have, like, they can still deliver jokes really well in a way that really makes me look back. I was like, is it the movie and it being, like, a, you know, family movie that is reflecting in how they are, you know, the performances that, like, Keenan is ultimately giving? What is it like if we gave him another project and really let him do something? Would he really, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I, because I, I really do want to see these guys being like a dynamic duo doing more stuff. But it's like, if you got them a legit project that was like, maybe not necessarily adult, but just like, hey, actually letting them do their acting chops and not just the the famous big role where, of course, they're going to be comfortable in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. and it's definitely part of the, I think, the era of comedy that like sketch comedy in particular that they come from. Because there's a character who we'll get to him later when we're talking about like all the one off jokes and stuff like that but one that shows up that honestly caught me off guard and i'm like god damn it it still works because she's still funny really? and it's like seeing that interaction on the one hand is like heartwarming but on the other hand it's like people that know how to work well together like that chemistry can't be written oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. ultimately so it's like keenan and kel's ability to play off each other will be different than them playing off a different type of comedian it's oh, just sure. some of those things you can't really write yeah, yeah, you need the, you know, the Marx Brothers got to be with each other. You need, you know what I mean? That sort of deal. Yeah. Now, they plan the meetup between Ed and Dex, and Dex sees Ed 
like driving the car, driving the burger mobile towards him. And he's just standing in the middle of the street. And standing. It's like, like an insane person. Yeah, it's the most telegraphed like, joke. But it's one of those things where it's just like, dude, this one's on you. You're standing in the middle of the street. You see De- like Ed driving the burger mobile. You know he's an idiot. Like, he's just like, hey, Dex, uh, uh, hey, Ed, why don't you slow down? Like, step onto the sidewalk. Like, hey, move, move, bitch, get out the way. <laughs> yeah, and like, it's one of those things where, like, I'm sorry, I can't even get mad at Ed for this one. That's your fault. You, you had all of the, it wasn't like you didn't see him coming. You were saying, maybe Ed will slow down. Now, Keenan, now, now, Dexter, you know Ed. Yeah. With like, hey, hey, Dex, hey. You know, yeah. That's on you. <laughs> Actually, it's sort of telegraphed because I thought he was just going to hit him. Oh, yeah. But he hits him. He does a 360 and land in the car, which again, that's. I mean, kids movie, you know, silly. Yeah. All right. You somehow did both what I expected and not what I expected at all. Yeah. Really quick, though, did you notice the lights in the burger mobile aren't sticking out like in the original? I must have missed that one when we watched it. Because I noticed something was weird. I mean, it's like, probably rebuilt. Yeah. But like, why do the lights seem sunken in like freaking 2D's eyes and gorillas? I was like, what's going on? I was like, yeah, I think they rebuilt it. And they were like, mm-hmm. couldn't figure out how to get, you know, a burger thing on it with it still working or something. So they were just like, fuck it, push it forward. But you know, that, that kind of lightened the effect for me a little bit. Because I was like, well, it doesn't look like, you know, an actual... Like, you know what I'm saying? Lights coming at your car, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's see. Good burger. <laughs> burger mobile side by side. Typing burger mobile will get you some unique results. Um, <laughs> I, Yep, there are lights there. Yeah, yeah, you can see the lights. Oh, well, I guess part of the difference, because the original was closed in and the new one's a convertible. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see. Yeah, different design. Yeah. Because he's got money now. It's the remix burger mobile. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a funny thing, too. So apparently Ed's been a smart uh, businessman, a shrewd businessman. He's been able to like amass a, a, a wealth of thirteen billion dollars that we find out later. It's like, damn, dude! And the funny thing is, it's like, how the fuck are you doing it with this shitty ass burgers? <laughs> it's for the love of the game at that point. Yeah, like I have to imagine that he just happened to get a good, you know, uh, when someone left him the burger joint. You know, he happened to make a couple of investments that just happened to pay off. Because there's no way just through the business of this place. Because like I said, it's like, it's fucking uh, Burger World in uh, Beavis and Butthead with this asshole. Like, people are not getting their orders as we see pretty much 99% of the time. I'm surprised we haven't seen people eating there. Because like, how did they get their orders? What did they have to do? You know? Right. Oh, they make it out. It's like an In-N-Out burger. You got to figure out the right things to say, Dad, to make him, like, get you the... The right thing. Like, remember that later on scene where, where the thugs, like, are trying to, like, muscle him and they're trying to intimidate him, like, you better sign this thing or else I'm going to fuck you up bad, you know? Like, and he goes, like, oh, I could sign it away, no way. And then one of the guys, you know, clues in that he's an idiot. And he goes, like, a really big fan of your sauce, Ed. I'd love to get your autograph. And he's, like, yeah. like, is that what you have to do to get, like, Ed to, like, do it right? You have to, like, yes. you know, take off your pants, turn around three times and, like, fucking wiggle your ear. And he's, like. Oh, right, right, uh, burgers, you know, with cheese, the extra minute of the sauce. Have you heard about the phenomena called, like, Toon Force before? What? <laughs> Where it's just kind of like the superpowers that, car- that like, old school cartoons would have was just, like, ridiculous strength. Oh, sure, sure. Like, fucking, uh, uh One Piece uh, with Homeboy oh with the Gum Gum Fruit. Yeah, sure. Exactly. <laughs> so, Ed operates under a sort of Toon logic where it's kind of like meeting insanity with insanity, so then it balances out again. Yeah, you're so- right. You have to be on the same level of logic that Ed is on in order for shit to work the way you want it to. You can't use common sense. That's not how he works. He works off Ed sense. He works off tune logic. Right, right. So it's like, oh, what does he know? You know, he knows burger logic. That's what Ed operates off of. So it's burger and bur- burger adjacent properties. Yeah. You appeal to that. You you can get in there, but you got You got to recognize. What you're working with here. <laughs> yeah. Ed decides to give him the job because he now owns the Good Burger. He, even though there's the one scene where he's like, oh, yeah, you got to go to the manager. So, it, like, he just wastes his time for two minutes. Right. <laughs> for some dude. Yeah, but with the manager who's wearing, like, a Good Burger tie, you like, like, looking sort of blue and white tie. But he looks like he's, like, freaking 16 years old. So it's, like, one of those things where it's like, wait, what is happening here? Why do you have this guy? Why do you have this puppet manager? You can just do this yourself. Like, he, oh, he just doesn't like authority, you know? He likes to own the business, but he doesn't like being, you know, the, the suit and tie man, you know? Right. He's like, oh, yeah, I got to, you know, prep you up and prepare you for the manager. And then he pops in some kid, which would make sense realistically for a burger joint. But then it's like, oh, well, 
and you own it. Yeah. So I could have I could have cut out the middleman. It's like, yeah, but you know, just in case. Again, burger logic. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, he he is God, so maybe he's doing some sort of a yeah, test thing. I don't know. You know, he, he's testing his followers. Exactly, testing your faith. How much do you believe in yourself to get this job? <laughs> right. So Dexter goes to the Good Burger, uh, gets the job, is introduced to uh, a couple of the employees. Uh, there's twins, Cindy and Mindy. Uh, and then there randomly turned out to be a third one later on. It was like, so they aren't twins, but they introduced them as twins. Whatever. Oh, I, I missed the third one. Wait a second. Yeah, there's like a bit at the end where it's like, like it's by the way, there's a third one. And Gelb was like, uh, but it's just like, wait, why would you say that you're twins? And you know, all along there's a, whatever. Just jokes coming and going. Right. Oh, and then, you know, we, of course, the revelation that Ed most definitely fucks. Ed fucks a lot. Uh, like fucking uh, jackrabbits over here. Man, you thought Goofy fucks? No, Ed fucks. Oh, my God. Yeah, all the kids are there. Uh, Ed 2, Bun Bun. All... And the fact that it's just like, it's just Ed 2. Yeah, I'm the... not Ed Jr., not Ed the second. Ed 2, like Good Burger 2. Because it's like, you know. And the guy who was doing the uh, the impression, who was that again? What's his name? A- Alex R. Hibbert is playing Ed 2. He's really good in this part. He is doing a really good job. Like, concerningly good for a, for a 19-year-old. Yeah, if we bring the show back, can we get him? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? He was really good at that. Like, you want to talk about spot on casting? Spot on. <laughs> like, he hit the voice right. He hit the lines right. Like, I feel like every moment was like the inflection, the attitude. Okay, why don't we have this guy more in this movie? You know, where uh, he comes out, he's like, hey, look, I got fried brows. <laughs> and he has like glued, you know, french fries with that. And he rips them all beneath them. He goes, like, gooey. It's like, that too is great. Sorry, I thought you were going to talk about like Dexter's niece, one of the other people there. Well, again, because I did want to bring that in real quick, because yeah, there's a bit of the fi- family dynamic going on there, where like, yeah. oh, Dexter's sister doesn't want to talk to him anymore because, uh, you know, Dexter, his entrepreneurs blew all of his uh, sister's money uh, on an idea he was doing. So uh, the niece is kind of like working at Good Burger, and she comes across and was like, oh, wow, you haven't seen me in a while. And it's like, uh, it's because you're, you know, your mom doesn't want anyone in the family to see me after what happened, you know? So like, you know, there's that dynamic of like, oh, you know, she's, you know, pissed off at me. Oh, will I win the love of my niece back? I guess. You know, okay. Like, I remember when I watched it the first time, I was having that bit of like trying to figure out the stakes of like, so wait, is this a divorce that's happening? Like, no, no, it's not. It's even less stakes than that. It's just like. I hope my niece likes me. It's like, okay. Right. It's his niece. There are bits in this movie where it's like assemblances of connected to Good Burger 2, I think, was probably pitched as like a mini series and they said, We'll give you 90 minutes. Right, right. As as far as like some of the jokes and a lot of the cameos, like, look, we'll give you the budget for that mini series. You have 90 minutes. Okay. So it's like here's sort of a conflict with Dexter and his family. Yeah, yeah. Remember he had a sister? Well, she had a kid and he has a niece. So it's like, because that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, oh, is this his like divorced, estranged daughter? Uh, uh, One thing you can say about the movie, it is simultaneously predictable in a broad way, but not predictable in like little specific ways. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, like when she showed up, I'm like, oh shit, that's like his divorced daughter that he hasn't seen because he's a workaholic and da 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 da. Nope. None of that. Just his niece. Right. Who he's just kind of absent to. Yeah, because the first time I watched it and I thought it was like his daughter, because I was trying to figure out what was going on with the dynamics and it was making me even sadder where there were moments where he was like, Oh man, I'm sorry that I was away and I didn't like come around as much. So I was like, right. Damn, dude, it was it, 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 the whole thing kind of a piece of shit. Like, what the fuck? Uh, 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 uh. Well, they, they mixed that, they avoided that entirely with making it the niece. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's impressive because it's like, it doesn't keep you on your toes, but it still manages to surprise you because it's like, oh, you didn't do the predictable thing right doing the 90s dad but you still have like it's the same type of conflict but the source is different so it's still that old person young person you know you haven't been around and we're not as close as we used to be trying to get back in the good graces yeah 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 so we need to reconcile but the the context is different so it's like oh uh yeah i guess that's a yeah okay that can work 
I guess, depending on how you roll it. Uh, it sure. And, and then we have this the scene when he's introducing the uh, his family to Dexter. Oh where, my God! Uh, okay, this see, one. Like, and this is Blin Blin introducing the 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 smallest of all the kids, and like you know, carrying the kid is hot ass, still hot ass, a Carmen Electra, still hot Carmen Electra. He's the one where they start playing rocks and like a new remake of the song, I think. Which genius, by the way, but also. There was that nanosecond where I'm like, Ed did not fuck Roxanne after all of that. There's no what? Like, not, not only Ed fucks, Ed, Ed, Ed fucks top shelf. Yeah, top shelf had all these kids. Like, there's that moment where all of this hits you. She somehow got through to him. That sex was. Yeah, like, and she got through to him. Well, yeah, it's like, she, she, so she just powered through all that abuse and said, but deep down inside him, there's a heart of gold. That's all at the forefront of your mind. Right. They know that. It puts you directly in Dexter's shoes because you know he has the exact same thoughts. And it's like, Ed, yeah. you and Roxanne got together. You're like, what? No. I'm the babysitter. It's like, ew, no. And Carmen is like, yeah, after I joined the nunnery, it's already the way they just submit you with just the sentence. Like, right. It's like, no, no. Ed Fox, but not her. She hasn't fucked at all in a long time, actually. Just a desert. <laughs> oh, that was weirdly. You need to throw that little bit in there, but you did. Yeah, it's again, the writers know in a broad way, narratively, how how obvious the narrative is going to go. Right, right. So in the writing in particular, that's where they hit you with the swerves and curveballs. Yeah, yeah. There's a funny one, actually, when we meet his wife, where it's like she's a, what is it? She's a trapeze artist. Yeah. Which... Um, that joke, god damn it, because <laughs> it's kind of clever. You know, the, the turns of phrase are really funny, and it's like, that's what we're ultimately here for, right? Oh, the clever, you know, you thought it was this, and it's that, and it's like, oh, wow, actually, I could see how, you know, that, you could have interpreted that way, ah, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And the way Keenan plays it off is really good as the, you know, the guy who goes, oh, right, I'm in his wacky world, and this is how things are. Oh, yeah, I'm in burger world. Yeah, the one line that was really good was the one where he's like, uh, you know, Ed's introducing the family. He's like, oh, uh, this is Dex. He's an interpreter. And he's like, ah, uh, it's actually entrepreneur. But since I did just have to interpret that, I guess that technically is what I am. <laughs> like, that was so good. Oh, the line of like, damn. That was like, what wrote that? They really need to be doing more stuff because that was fucking incredible. Like, that's like, I really wasn't expecting a line like that, you know? Like, I mean, that that's part of why I like the trapeze artist joke where it's just like, oh, what is your wife? It's like, oh no, this is my wife. If every instance in Ed's house is a left turn. Right. It's just something that you don't expect because it's, it's Ed's world and we live in it where it's just like, oh yeah, what does your wife do? Oh, She's a trapeze artist. It's like, oh, okay. Well, who painted those? My wife. Wait. Uh, so, oh, she's a trapeze comma, uh, artist. It's like, I'm like, son of a bitch. That's good. Yeah. That's good because it's not the thing that you think. So, way to subvert expectations, movie. You got a couple over on us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, sorry, I just remembered. He slept in the bathtub. Oh, right. <laughs> when he slept on the giant burger. Yeah, and Junior sleeps in the bathtub with... Wait, Ed Jr. apparently sleeps in the bathtub with the water running. He's like, yeah, he, he's a bad if you don't have to worry about it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. How does he wake up alive every day? Yeah, it's like, you've done this more than once, clearly. Just wrinkled the shit. Yeah. So they go to the Good Burger. We meet the, the ape pagoda uh, surrogate for the movie. She's fine. She gets uh, a couple of the, you know, curse word lines that it actually I think is pretty funny. Uh, with like, she's just sleeping. It's like, uh, are you sure she's not doing more than just sleeping? It's like, uh, oh, let's see. And they blow this blue horn. It's like, hey, Jack, have fun. Oh yeah, we we uh, can't can't forget the pancake introduction, where we now learn that Ed canonically eats pancakes in his bathroom. Oh yeah, because there's a syrup dispenser. In the, why do you have a syrup dispenser in your bathroom so I can eat my pancakes in here? He's like, oh, silly me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. I'm the idiot here. Uh, of course. <laughs> right. It's Ed's world. Right. Burger world. It's, it's shit like that. Where he's just like goes to brush his teeth. He's like, oh, I need to wash my hands. Is that syrup? Yes, that's syrup. Why is that syrup? It's, it is the same level of humor as why are you buying clothes at the soup store? Fuck you. That's it. So we find out that Ed accidentally left Fizz in the freezer. For 20, 
20 plus years, it's like, oh, my mom and dad. Oh, man. All these things. Oh, high school, college. Oh, man, what am I? And he's like the exact same person because of course he is because he's been left in there for a decade. Yeah, cryogenically frozen. But it's so funny how they were feeling. We're, you know, we got it. We got a new freezer in this old one. We just forgot to like, you know, get rid of it. It's like, it's like, uh, yeah, the handle broke off. Oh, wow. Looks like you can actually just put it right back off. So not only was it probably not actually broken. <laughs> for 26 years and then it finally gets out and fans is just so cool about it like he's legitimately acting looking like a 40 year old man acting like a you know 18 year old he's like he's 44 oh my god that's right yeah he's like oh man wow gee whiz i need to call him home and what sucks is that he doesn't like and that's basically a cameo he doesn't like show up for the rest of the movie no and so it's, it's like i actually like this energy and i'm like hey why isn't that guy coming back i need a whole subplot you know about like this guy reacclimating to his life i need a whole separate 90 minute spinoff that is a nightmare tale that he just unleashed on this poor man is like that's a freaking flight of a navigator moment <laughs> yeah fucking interstellar moment of just like <laughs> you come out of basically cryogenic sleep damn near 30 years later like your family looked for you. Yeah. And then gave up. The level of implication is worse than most horror movies. Gee willikers, guys. Oh, man, I need to go check on my Little League team at high school. I got to go call my mom. Let me get to the nearest landline. It's like, oh, God. If you're in a coma from 97 to now, you don't know how many technological leaps and, like, historical events you missed. <laughs> Like, it's, it's a nightmare, and he just has to walk out into the world like shit's normal. Again, this is what I think is like, it, you know, Kel's God, right? The way they just have to be cool, with it, you know? like Yeah, and again, the, he doesn't show up again. So the joke just, you're, you start to process all of that instant nightmare feel, and the joke is done. We're on to the next part of the movie. It's like, we don't have enough time to process what happened to this. <laughs> Meaning probably in an insane asylum somewhere, like, trying to get his life back together from the culture shock, you know? First of all, we don't know if his parents are alive. We don't know if they're still in the state of fucking California. We dying from grief. <laughs> like, here's the thing. His family looked for him. And you know that they stopped. Like, ugh, all right. You know it. <laughs> it's been 30 years. They, they moved on. We don't have phone books anymore. He has to learn what Google is. There's so much. Oh, wow. Like, Captain America was bad. This is actually, I would argue, worse. Because the, the gap in technology is like, it's vast. But one person blinked and woke up. The other person, you have to adapt. You don't have a choice. Yeah. You still, you're still within the bandwidth of being able to get a GED. So you just have to normalize. You don't get the Avengers and shit. You're just a dude. You didn't get to join the fucking superhero team after uh, learning about Star Wars and shit. You're you're a 44 year old man who, as far as you made it, is little league and working at a, a drive through at a burger joint, and that and then time stopped. Oh wow! Yeah, he literally peaked in high school. Yeah, you literally peaked in high school. Time stopped for you. You came out, and it was 2023. What is that man's story? I need to follow his narrative. Fuck the good burger shit. What happened? I need the adventures of Fizz in 2023 because that's like a HBO Adam Sandler directed drama. Oh man, him discovering internet porn. Yeah, Jesus Christ. But so Lil Howry shows up uh, in, in a bit of a glorified role. Yes. Slim as ever <laughs> for this legend sequel. He looks great. He, he looks better every time I see him. Good for him. Right? I'm like, what is that? What regimen is he on? Because it's like from fucking get out to this. I'm like, this is a different person. He's he's doing good. I think he proposed to his wife and had Adele sing at the proposal. So he's doing good. No, he proposed at the at the Beyonce uh, Renaissance concert. Uh, is that what she needed to do to get? Uh, maybe she hooked him up with a couple of fucking trainers and some shit. Good for him. He's a funny guy. Good actor. I mean, he plays evil McEvil lawyer in the movie. Oh, man. He definitely does the, uh, plays the, you know, little termite guy telling, you know, doing little quick quips uh, better than I think Kevin Hart does it. Uh, you know, call, call, call me an asshole, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Kevin Hart's playing Kevin Hart. When I'm watching this, I don't, I'm not watching it and be like, oh, that's Lil Rel is Lil Rel. It's like, oh, that's a skeevy lawyer stereotype. But at least it's something. Right, right. And, and you know, that's funny. I realized something. I had to zoom out and, you know, pull back for a second. I was like, wait a minute. 
Like, uh, uh, Laurel Howard, his character doesn't really have a dog in this fight. He's not the ultimate bad guy who wants the revenge. It's the, it's the, you know, Kesha looking chick at the end who wants revenge. You know what I'm saying? She's the one who's related to, uh, uh, the original guy. So I was like, thinking, I was like, wait, why is she sending this guy out so much to see it? Oh, I know. This guy's the diversity hire. Mm. To be like, oh, well, that's right. Sign everything. Oh, I don't think about it. I'm a fellow black Derek. Don't think twice. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm peeping game of what's going on here. You know, white uh, corporate, and you know what I'm saying, uh, world. <laughs> right. It's just like, mm, the, <laughs> this is their commentary. It's like, watch out for the man, you know, oh, that's who right. uses your brothers to turn against you <laughs> from the inside. All skin folk and kid folk, you know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, man. Well, yeah, and what's funny is that while, like, you know, Ed's talking to this guy, Dexter's, like, you know, pretending to clean the table, but there's, like, two people at the table, so he's just watching all of this stuff. He's spraying them in the face. <laughs> like, playing pretty funny. Like, the guy there overplayed it a little bit by being, like, you know, just like, oh, oh what? No, nothing surprising. He refreshing, you know, like, I wish it would have just been a little bit of, like, you know, like the guy just really trying to like, uh, look, I'm just trying to, I just want to eat, why are you doing that? You know what I mean? Like he just keeps trying to go for the sandwich. I, I do appreciate though them going the direction of instead of big guy gets angry and pissed. It's like, uh, well, that wasn't the worst service I've had at a restaurant. At least it's not Burger King. That is true. And it, that that is like the main clip of the movie. Because later on, there's a security guard. He's like, you know, like, uh, can we go this way? He's like, no, not without your pass, you know? So that was another one that caught me off guard too, because it was Ron Funches, and I'm like, "What the hell is Ron Funches doing?" I mean, a check is a check is a check. He gets a bit of time in this movie. That was that was a good one. Yeah, he gets a couple of good lines off. Yeah, there's a lot of people in the cast that, again, that's what I was saying. They show up, they do their scene, and then they disappear. But the thing is, their faces I recognize, so it's just like, I mean, I could have been anybody. Yeah, and yet, you know, Liza Koshy. Is in this movie for some reason. Kai Sinatra. Pete Davidson showed up because. Oh, God. Yeah. And for the glory of Good Burger, of course. But, okay, so there's this great moment where Keaton's asking for the money from Kel. And Kel, like, reveals, he's like, well, you know, I have $13 million. So, you know, after I, uh, you know, uh, delineate this, da, 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 I can give you $136. I was like, and then we were like, damn, man. Oh, we're going to get shrewd business, but he's like, well, to be honest, dude, you know, I'm going to need proof of return of investment for me to consider living more capital. Right. Like, you, like stingy uh, bastard. Like, wait a second. Well, I'd be proportional. I mean, you know, you're my bad, but, uh, you know, I got to get the money back. Yeah. You're in a crude business, sir. <laughs> right, right. Fucking, uh, head the miser over here. We then, like, reveal that, like, uh, Dexter's niece is a whiz at computers. She apparently was, like, hacking websites at 6 to, to get free tickets for Keenan. And, and it was one of those things where, like, all right, dude, like, it was like, oh, that's supposed to be a cute, silly, like, over-exaggerated moment. Like, your knees for free shit. Like, what is that cool? You know how it is. <laughs> I'm looking at asshole. Oh, you gotta get out of like, But I will say, I mean, that does lead, lend more credence to her argument. It's like, all right, man, if she's getting you free shit, you could have visited more a little bit. Could at least sent a card or something. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm just saying, it, like the motherfucking attorneys get called. You, you know this asshole's opinion on this chick. You go like, oh, I, it was her. She did it, officer. <laughs> it, it was the six-year-old. She did it. That little girl over there, the seven-year-old. Yeah, she did it. Uh, in these days with this technology, as she tricked me into it, honestly, she was using that thing. Of, what are the words the kids these days using it? Uh, uh, manipulating it, uh, uh, manufacturing like it. That's what you did. Yeah. Matter, matter of fact, she uh, gaslit me. Yeah, that's right. That's what the kids say. Yeah, that's right. That's how you use it, right? She was moving the goalpost and then. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. She rizzed me up and, and gaslit me and it gave me the ick, is what it did. <laughs> <laughs> so these two Muslims show up. Weirdly enough, dress the same in the same plaid outfits. Every time they show up, they dress the same. Oh, yeah. Maybe they're a couple. Maybe that's just their, their couple thing. <laughs> it's like a weird little bit. They're like, oh, oh, okay. It's a very stylized movie, you know? Ed had, he, he was what? Gluing baseballs? The baseballs. Bowling balls to his fingertips? Or they got stuck in the holes? Yeah, somehow he got bowling balls stuck to his fingers. And so he couldn't even sign the thing anyway. And then he like. You know, accidentally hits the guys and knocks them over. Oh, no. Not just that. Not only did he knock them over the railing, both bowling balls fell on their head. But because of the power of burger force, 
they live. Oh, right. Because they bounced off their heads. I'm like, those men are dead. <laughs> we should not be seeing much more of them. But because Ed, the god of this world, did it, he let them live. Yeah, the credit game should be great. Actually, I think it's with the same bowling ball because the other one still stays on his head. You're right. He's a little with, with one knee. He's like, I only need to use one hat. <laughs> I only need one bowling ball to get the job done. Boonk. <laughs> but I will let you live because I he is a merciful God. Right. You made me laugh, and for that you get to live. I don't often get recognized for my magical sauce. So, so now we get to this moment where I've I'm sorry. This is supposed to be the villain moment where the, the bad guys are so evil because they, you know, did this thing that was so bad. But I'm sorry. Once I got really looked into what this detail was, I kind of point the blame at the main characters here, okay? So, Laurel Howry basically says, like, oh, hey, you know, your friends can stay at Bur Good Burger. We just want to franchise it. Oh, like, yeah. You know, this we're just going to open more locations. This has got nothing. We're going to keep the original and just give, you know what I'm saying? Just like open more places. We just want to expand and give you raises. Everybody's going to get more money. And honestly, like, what? where's the problem there, right? Like, it's like, if that's actually what he was going to say, and that's actually what was in the contract, like, I was thinking, I was like, I don't see what the conflict is. Like, at first, as I watched the movie, it's like, Oh, well, if they say that and that's the contract, that's what we're going to do. Well, then, okay, I guess movie over. What are we doing here? Like, you know, but here's what happens. So they're having the party, you know, they sign all the contracts. They're like, you know, like, you know, opening of the franchise is so awesome. That's wait, 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 wait. One, one, one minor side note before we get to the party, because I just remembered the dinner where they had that conversation. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. Ed was holding the, the menu upside down. And it's like, Ed, you have it upside down. Right, right. Oh, no worries. And just does a handstand sitting at the chair. Yeah, yeah. This moment's like physical comedy and shit. And it's, oh, God damn it. <laughs> this movie is slightly funnier than I'm giving it more credit. <laughs> you know, joke for joke sakes or whatever. But there's a bit earlier that's actually pretty funny with DJ Flula. Where like, oh, you know, we're big in Germany because uh, this, you know, YouTuber, you know, did a video about it. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's what I had the moment. I was like, wait, so do they have a, a, a chain open in Germany or are Germans specifically coming to the middle of America, you know, to fucking go to this one chain? It was like, I, I doubt that's a sustainable business model. Ed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how well is this shit doing right now? And so that's what I was thinking. I was like, wait, it seemed like they already had, you know, he's got $13 million. Like, apparently they, you know, they're big enough for Germans to know who they are. So I was thinking like, oh, did they not already franchise? But I'm thinking like, oh, okay, well, he's signing with them. I, I, I guess this is the official franchise now, you know? So Ed convinces him to take the deal. Making it the second time uh, Dexter has ripped off his friend. Uh, but like I said, this time it legit seems like there's no downside. Like, it's not like they say, you know, you know how in a lot of movies, you, you know, like in Aladdin, you know, it's like a, Oh, I'll give you your reward, your eternal reward. Yes. You know, like, oh, he used a bit of slip of the, you know. The monkey's paw curls. Yeah, you use a slip of the tongue to, like, say what you really wanted to say without really saying it. Yeah, but, but no, they said to them, you will get this and you will get this. Yeah, there was a verbal contract. Well, a little right hour, he says, wait, wait, you know what? Actually, I lied. Uh, it's all bullshit. Yeah, psych. You're like, you guys are all fired. Psych. <laughs> Haha, -ha. yeah, gotcha. <laughs> Especially because they're like, you should have read the contract. I'm like, no, yeah, that was my first thought when they signed it. I'm like, he said all those things and you didn't look down and they literally looked down just to sign it and said, oh, yeah, we can trust this guy who's been trying to coerce Ed for assumedly years, at least months. Yeah, this sleazy dude. Yeah, this this sleazy suit dude that shows up like every day. Blasting fucking weird music. Yeah, right. It's yeah. just try with a mix with hip hop music. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, and, and just like that was my first thought. I'm like, well, I mean, because it it's a it's a PG you know movie. We're keeping it simple. He's obviously lying because he's evil black lawyer man. But the extent to which they just kind of roll over and be like, yeah, he's telling the truth. Why would Lowell Howery lie to us? Yeah, I was like, I'm sorry. That's your fault. Like, yeah, that was your fuck up. That was a colossal one too. They bring it up in the line. He says, well, according to the contract that you signed without reading, I can do whatever I want. I was like, well, it's shit, guys. That's the fault. That yeah, he, he got you all there. You really can't get mad at them. And later on, he says, dang. And Keenan's like, dang. All I had to do was read the contract. I'm like, yeah, you dang it. Like, it's, you know, movie over. I'm sorry. I'm not on your side anymore. You fucked up. You did. Both of them. And, like, I, I blame the Dex more than Ed because Dex was like, yeah, that's <laughs> But because the good guys are the good guys, they got to be on their side. 
And oh my God, this is the one scene where, uh, you know, the bad guy is revealed and God's like, you know, let me show you what we're going to be doing. You know, it's going to be, you know, Good Burger in Texas, Good Burger here, Good Burger there. Which, let's be honest, okay, so they didn't even have other locations in the country. You know what I mean? If they have a Good Burger in Texas. And it's so funny. Kel does like an awful, like, Texas accent, but at least he's trying there. Then he does a fucking British accent as the Kel Raywatt thing. And it's like, it doesn't even sound, like, it legitimately just sounds Jamaican. It's like, no, you don't want to the bring as much. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> All of them were great. Like, I think we had Japanese Ed uh, for a second. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, maybe like Ali G was doing the fucking good burger. Which I'm like, well, I appreciate the effort at, at least to just be like, well, here's international Ed. Yeah, yeah. He is now everywhere. Oh, my God. And you know what tickled me fucking pink? Uh, the celebrity cameo song where it's like, you know what we've got to do? That's. We got to get a bunch of celebrities to come together and make a song about Cliff Burger. That shit came right out of the fresh fucking nowhere. <laughs> I was so confused. And can I tell you, the fact that it was so short, but still had this, like, this subversion that happened, I was like, this is probably the best bit of the fucking movie. Because, like, it was so short, but then they come back again. And it's like, when all the celebrities show up, like, so quickly, it's just, like, it so catches you off guard with, like, oh, my God, they got this guy. What the fuck is happening right now? It was all random ones, too. Right. I think Chrissy Teigen shows up. I think she was in the original video that they're parodying. You remember that, right? The, yeah, oh, you know, I, the I do. The happening and a bunch of celebrities, rich celebrities, uh, sitting in their rich, spacious homes. Yeah. With everyone's eyes on them. Uh, we're not actually going to give up any money. No, no, no. We won't do that. But we'll release a video on YouTube singing Imagine There's No Heaven. Fucking, uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Toned up dumbasses like, Imagine There's No Heaven. No one's trying to fucking hear that right now. Imagine all the people. I, so I got the list of them right in front because they were like back to back. It was like Nicole Richie, Zoe Saldana, Andy Sandberg, Maya Rudolph, Chrissy Teigen, uh, DMC, Daryl McDaniels, yeah, uh, yeah. Sean White, Mikey Day, George Clinton, and George Clinton, yeah. yeah, and Daddy Tamborelli from the original All That Cast, yeah, because Al Roker showed up later, and I'm just like. Every single one of them, I'm just like, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. And these motherfuckers were just sitting in their cars and shit. Yeah, like, oh, just send us something, you know. Yeah, because like, George Clinton was just in his whip. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he like, wasn't even done picking his nose yet and shit. Like, we save Good Burger. All right, I did my part. Oh, right. We should have filming it now. Yeah. Like, he says, like, we'll send you 20 bucks. Can you send this in? Let me put the blow down shit. Come in. I'm like, what favor did they call in to get in multiple billion dollar franchises Zoe Saldana? Right. So we got to get to the root of what the plot is here, right? Okay. Because this is what this is all building up to. Yes. No, we can't have automation takeover for, you know, uh, people doing jobs at, at, at fast food restaurants. It has to be the human touch. That's what needs to stay. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like, yeah. you know, I know that's a silly kids movie where they're not like really trying to part a lesson, but it is the thing where it's just staring you in the face of like, you're making that point while the joke is that like, and it's this guy saying it while running this business horribly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no one's ever getting the orders. Like, actually, yeah, I kind of want some automation, dude. If you're the example for what the human touch is, bro, you know what I mean? It is as subtle as, like, a cannon firing into a glass house. Like, yeah, no, but it's one of those things where, like, by nature of it being so contradictory, it's basically just, like, just winking at a half of the fact that we're like, we don't even believe in this message. It's just, this is just here because it's a movie about a burger stand so we gotta have to have this plot here you know what i mean like yeah which is a shame because like it's not a bad message it's just like the messenger the literal particular messenger in the case of it being ed is not the best messenger because he doesn't operate in our reality he is above us mere mortals doing whatever he does if there was at least one or two bits of someone eh, you know a silly moment but still getting their burger you can at least make the case but no one ever does well that's another thing so, so we can touch on like the cameos that happen up to it and throughout the movie because the, the one i was referring to earlier was uh Lori beth denberg comes back as connie muldoon Lori beth yeah yeah and i really i really like that because i'm like fuck i remember from all that and connie muldoon was really funny yeah and I thought Connie was going to have to come back in during, like, the, the climax of the plot because it's like, oh, she's going to give an order so complex 
because that was the I joke. I legitimately thought they were going to do. That was the most staring in your face third act moment. Yeah. I thought that was going to be how they broke it was because her order was so, and, and they didn't, which again, subverted expectations, even though that would have been a really good way to close it out. It's like, yeah, you know, because like, oh, they can only do basic stuff. The AI is not good enough. Yeah, and I, oh, they can't capture like an actual human like ordering something up. Like the lesson could have been, it's like, hey, ultimately these CEOs, you know, these corporate people who just want to sell the robots, you know, like we, you got to remember, you're selling to people, so you still have to, you know, what I'm saying? People still want to see, you know, that human touch. That could have been the case you made, right? And actually, later on, the villain has a line where she goes like, she actually makes like the case that you would make for why like these people are like shitty and don't care about humans right the the upper management she's like oh no more annoying employees with their problems like yeah getting sick or asking for a raise or right i need to go to the bathroom i was like wow yeah uh, oh i assume she's been using the uh, amazon worker model for her employees uh, yeah i guess it's like huh yeah wearing that one on the sleeve huh <laughs> like that's the thing it's like those would be the things that a villainous corporation would be like I don't care about the human touch, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care the deputy's bathroom, stay at the job, or else we're replacing you. That's the fucking, you know, John Henry going up against the automation. Well, it's just like a dude fucking picking his nose and fucking, you know, when he says, I want this on the side, goes like, well, do you want it on the right side of the left side? Like, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I would want the machine so that I could just order the thing and fucking go. Yeah, I, here's the weird thing about Good Burger is like, it must be like the only burger joint within 25 miles. Fucking maybe this post-apocalyptic wasteland, I mean, we never see outside, really, so maybe this is all it is. Right, because they always have, like, customers there, like, full customers, but every interaction directly with a customer, because, like, Marci Martin comes in, and she gets, you know, screwed over, Pete Davidson comes in, Kai Sanat at one point pops up near the end and every one-on-one -on -one interaction they have they're all terrible like they're they're terrible to the customers yeah maybe we're just seeing Ed shift and it's like he puts up like maybe that's it maybe it's just every time Ed shows up every time we get here it's right as he's starting his shift and someone just yeah you know maybe that makes sense like without him things run fine and he just kind of reaps the benefits. And actually, his shift only goes as long as the skits go. Like, he's only there for five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, it's the Johnny Bravo fallacy. You only see the failures. <laughs> and that's the point. <laughs> and then, you know, he's like, oh, time to go to the top of the fucking store and spend the rest of the day there. I don't know why no one else comes up. Maybe we only work for 15 minutes and they come up here. You know, they just told him that just to get him out of the fucking way. You know? Right. Like, yeah, and I do like her. Like, Lori Beth, where she... she he hits you with, like, an even more complex order that, like, it heightens it in a funny way where she's like, put the onions on there, but then take them off. Because I like the, you know, the essence of onion, but I don't like the crunch. Like, I, I thought that was actually really funny. I hate the fact that I absolutely understand what she meant by that, too. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, what she did! I was like, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> That's such an oddly specific thing. I'm like, on that one thing, I will agree. I know she's a petulant customer, but I get what she means. <laughs> actually got that. Oh, man! Um... So that was actually a fun moment. But, like, it, it felt like it didn't, like, pay off as well. It felt like his response wasn't as funny. He was just like, bye, Cody, or whatever. Would I you thought it was a joke that would have a payoff later. It's like, we know who can fix this. Yeah, yeah. Connie Muldoon. It, no, it was it was just a joke. Right, right. So so they, they, they call everyone back. <laughs> they lie to them and say that they're getting good jobs back. And they're oh, come over to uh, Ed's place. We'll celebrate. So everyone comes over and is like, yeah, we're going to get jobs back. He's like, psych. <laughs> Well, not really, but, uh, you know, we need to do this mission for Good Burger, for the glory of Good Burger, of course, you know. Ah, yes, the, the glory of Good Burger. Oh, wait, wait, did we talk about the introduction of the of them meeting the CEO, Kat? The sister of the owner of Mondo Burger, Kurt? No, no, we didn't, we didn't. Yeah, where, where she eventually reveals it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She gets her franchise movie revenge. It feels like it was supposed to be Amy Schumer, but they didn't want to get does. Amy Schumer. It definitely does. <laughs> like, it was supposed to be her, but we didn't want to work with her exactly. So, Jillian Bell. Oh, wait, no. Okay. So, half of this cast is a Saturday Night Live alum. Yeah. yeah. So, she's just somewhat, someone else from SNL because, I mean, why not? She's right there. Uh, I mean, Keenan, you know, he's like, hey, come on. What else are you doing? There's like nine people from SNL in this, and I understand completely why, because, you know, it's just... Why not? It this is exactly what I mean. Uh, so in the third act, Ed uses his godlike manipulation powers like fucking Mr. Purple Man to get them all to change their minds about uh, uh, 
uh, coming to help on the mission. Right. Like, he literally just goes like, hey, guys, this is what I have to say. I mean, he just he legitimately just stares at them, and they all just kind of have the reaction of, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? Uh, of a uh, um, Pootie Tang? Where <laughs> I said nothing. It's like, you're right, Ed. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's a Pootie Tang joke. It, it's actually playing really well with how they do the camera angles with Ken and just being like, am I missing something here? And, and it's like, did you guys get all of that with, with what he just gestured? <laughs> but yeah, it's a great moment because it's like, like he just makes like pontificating looking gestures. You know, he's like, Ugh. And like would say like they like they change at first it's like inspirational and then it's the one where he was like you know now guys we know you know like you know that it's gonna be hard out there but we don't really have to do like you can almost see what he's saying you know it's very much a we need to move the plot along yeah like it doesn't really matter what he's gonna say yeah we're not gonna bore you with the attempt to write dialogue for this yeah we got copy the piece of the line for fucking uh uh without National Lampoon, you know, where fucking uh, Bluto goes like, didn't the priest quit when they were beating up the Germans? Yeah, it's like, look, you know what part of the movie this is? This is the big inspirational moment. I right. gotta use any words for this. We'll write a couple more jokes for it. And again, it works. It works. It's a, it's a dumb basic moment that works, you know? Yeah, because it's like, oh, this is gonna be the part where he does the big speech. He doesn't even need to do the speech. Fuck it. You know what this is. It's like, fair enough. He works with the subversion of expectation that is like so much of this movie, right? Of like, you expect the big guys to be mean and then they're not. You expect the inspirational, you know, speech, but it doesn't happen. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's funny. Yeah, it's 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 all little shit. But what 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 did you think about uh, Kat as the villain? She was fine. She was supposed to be something because they kept playing her. Uh, she was playing it really big, but it didn't feel like there were like the right jokes or the right intensity in the same way that the dude would, you know, you're going in the grinder. Like she didn't have like a phrase like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she was just big, bad villain ass bo- girl boss thing, you know? Like, yeah. yeah which, yeah, the girl boss burger top CEO, which I'm like, yeah, that, I mean, that, that works fine. The fact that she was going to rebrand the restaurant as Mega Good Burger and it was called Mega Corp and not Mondo Good Burger and it wasn't called Mondo Corp. That's what I was like <laughs> the whole time. Like, Mondo Good Burger. Was it too obvious? Was it too on the nose? Right. Because we as the viewer would have figured it out. We knew what the plan was. Yeah. But I just, I'm just like, okay, so there would have been like, so you literally did the least to know. I would have rathered you do the stupid obvious thing. Right. Oh, yeah, it's going to be Mondo Good Burger, and we're rebranding our company to Mondo Core to stick with the theme. He's like, oh, they take it over. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not giving you that delight, audience. It's mega. And then I didn't like how it was like the, the save the girl moment that Keenan has to do to, you know, prove that he's going to be there for his niece. Dude, it's so contrived. Oh, yeah. She got stuck in the dumbest way possible. <laughs> the way it happens is, like, she walks up to the conveyor belt with the potatoes on it. She, yeah. like, has her shoes off and is, like, putting them on the conveyor belt for some reason. And, like, did we cut something? And I was like, why is she doing this? I, I think, what was it? Like, part of her, her jacket and part of her shoelace gets stuck in the belt. No, part of her hair and part of her shoe. Oh, yeah, part of her hair. And I'm just like, girl, just take off the shoe and roll off the side. Why was she on the conveyor belt in the first? Also, what happens is she, like, they shoot it so awkwardly. First, she's putting her shoes, like, up against the conveyor belt. Like, she's, like, playing with it for some reason. Then all of a sudden, she's on the conveyor belt. And I was like, why is she on it? Right. What would she need to do that would require her to get on it? And then all of a sudden, she's like, okay, good. Over and out. And then, you know, the the thing, like, clicks open as if it's, like, about to start. And it's like, well, you, you gotta snap it all the fucking thing. But whatever we needed to have. Where he comes in at the last second, he's like, oh, no, I see you. And he pulls out a tray, and he's somehow able to save her by jumping in the way of the thing. Yeah, it, it, it stops the, the machine. It's like, you you saved me, Uncle Dex. It's now like, I appreciate you or something. It makes up for all those times you didn't show up for my softball game or something. I don't know. Uh, I guess this is a resolution to not feel like he cared about you, including like the scene of him getting a yeah. selfie with Nicole Byer is not Lizzo. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That did happen. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just got to like, again, 
that that's why it's like part of me is like th- this seemed like this was this was multiple scripts yeah and they just cut and paste a couple things from some previous drafts and said we need to pad this out because right now this is only 45 minutes yeah i can't even remember when that happened yeah we need another 45 minutes on this we need some scenes <laughs> we need events <laughs> to happen so they, they get to the scene where uh, where they have to uh you know shut down everything and oh when they're oh yeah uploading the virus or whatever and yeah, they're somehow able to get into the mainframe. Somehow the way they mess things up is like, I thought it was like, oh, at first it's just like, oh, you know, he, uh, instead of, uh, you know, just handing her the burger, because it's like, oh, here is the grand opening. We're going to be able to automate the Good Burger, you know, experience with with the Ed 2000, you know. And they, 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 they start him up and he starts serving it, but then he like throws the fries at her, then throws the burger at her, then like the milkshake uh, machine attacks and all that sort of thing. Metal Ed gets laser eyes. I was like, wait, wait right. did Ed program that into the fucking thing? Okay, so do you know what I thought they were originally going to do with that too? Yeah. Was they were going to have real Ed and Metal Ed switched? Oh, yeah, right. Then they were going to do a, a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's going to be like, that's why he started throwing the food. I'm like, oh, it's actually the real Ed and the robot Ed is with them because of bullshit. Like, no, they didn't do that either. Right. Maybe he goes evil and they have to fight it or something, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, we need to find Robo. And he turned to like, I don't, yeah. but they, they didn't. He just malfunctioned and got yeah. laser eyes and every Ed launch across the world starts burning down buildings and causing mass destruction and chaos. Yeah. So I assume the good burger name is fucking mud at this point. <laughs> uh, at least internationally, it sure is. Because I mean, literally the face of the company has been seen shooting laser eyes at customers. Oh, you know, it's just the face of God. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, at the end, of course, he has the moment where it's like, well, man, I thought we were going to, you know, just make it go and make it not work. How did you, you know, make it do that? He's like, oh, well, there's no big deal. All I had to do is modify the control prompts. And da-da-da-da. I was like, God damn it. Ed, that, that's all you had to do. Motherfucker. He has those moments where the 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 hamster wakes up on its wheel. Right, gives right. it Three good spins. <laughs> yeah. Get, get three good rotations. Of genius is the moments where Ed's IQ briefly falls in sync with like the perfection of the universe. It just spikes to 200 once every couple of years. Yeah, exactly. With what the task demands. So uh, he, he, ma- he makes the completely live point about how nothing beats human efficiency. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, Ed, you're useful idiot. You're being used as a, as a pawn. Yeah, by, by Big Burger. Yeah, you're, the, you're the person that people look at, oh, this is our opposition. This is this is your, uh, you know, advocate for the human touch. <laughs> you know what I mean? This, this is the guy they manipulated the system to put him in front of, so to, to be the final peg that falls before, you know, uh, the automation takes over, you know? The thing I love, too, is that, like, this, I guess, multinational company that I presume has a lot of different exports, including we do see like a self-driving car and all these other technological marvels gets entirely like shut down off of the failure of their burger division. Oh, that's true. Well, they, they invested a lot of money in it, all right? Like fucking Mark Cuban. Yeah, they have the same business mindset as Dexter, where it's like, look, put all of our stocks into this good burger thing. Trust me, it's going to change the world. The minute it started throwing burgers, those stocks went into hell. <laughs> that bitch got shuttered immediately. Hey, look, you never know what's going to change with the market. You know, wh- one minute you're fine. Another minute, uh, everyone's got a problem with getting a burger thrown in their face. Uh, you never know what people are going to be into, you know? That collapse is comparable to, to like, Twitter. Uh, boy, what a fumble that was. Yeah, it's just like, all you had to do was not do anything. Right. You really just had to wait for that to blow over. But any fucking way. Uh, so ultimately, I'd say it's enjoyable enough. Uh, you know, if you've already got Paramount Plus, you know what I'm saying? Why not? You know, no worse than the other fucking nostalgia baiting shit. Yeah, it's fine. Better than Clerks 3. I'll give it that. I still <laughs> gotta watch Clerks 3. The, uh, you know, long gap <laughs> sequel uh, about people working in, you know, a service industry where they're way too old for this shit. The Cook Burger movie actually handles it way more Oddly, realistically, in the Clerks movie, does <laughs> in the Burger World with Burger Force and Burger Logic in Edgeworth. Yeah, the more you hate on Clerks, the more I feel the desire to see it. Because, like, look, if I can sit through super groovy cartoon movie, I can sit through anything. Oh God, <laughs> look, I, I'm just more likely to believe that an idiot savant was somehow able to build thirteen million dollars off the 
of a stupid, you know, burger joint and, uh, and you know, some some good stock tips rather than Clark's thing where the plot is, hey, what if I as an old man made a movie about my life that looks just like the first Clark's movie, but no one would have seen that movie that it wouldn't have existed in this world because I'm me and it, no one would have known it. So it's just a whole jerk fest for fucking Kevin Smith. You know, it's like where the meta doesn't work with what's actually happening in the movie. It's okay, DJ. It's a it's a meta commentary. Yeah, it's, it's a stupid. meta commentary about one man's existential crisis on how I don't have any fucking ideas left. So I'm just going back to the well for the fifth time. Can't wait till we get Clerks the live action reboot on the CW <laughs> with cameos from Grant Gustin and Stephen Amell as uh, as Dante and Randall and get fucking Jim Brewer to fucking reprise his role as the, the offshoot guy from the uh the, the one shot TV show they did. Oh my god! And somehow, somehow Rosario Dawson is still in it again. Right? It's like why are they get? Did you lose a bet or something? Do you know how much someone has to like you? Oh man. Oh man. Hey, by the way, uh, if you have any more thoughts on this one, I mean, not really. It's pretty open and shut case, Johnson. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's not embarrassing to watch, you no. know? And that's what you're afraid of, right? Like, that it'll fall on its face as a sequel that's just going to ape the original jokes and be like, hey, the guys, do you still like us? And it manages to not do that, which is good enough, you know? Like, what can you expect from Paramount Plus, you know, at the end of the day? The biggest compliment I can give the movie is, as we talked about, it does unexpected things. They're just all in little in the context of, like, expected things. Yeah, yeah. It's not narratively surprising. It's, like, contextually yeah. surprising, I guess. It, it uses the, the narrative tropes to sort of do, like, oh, but we could flip this and take advantage of it, you know, as a joke moment, though. Yeah, like, like the status quo is still the same, and it's, it's like a by-the-books, you know, predictable sequel. But I give the writers, one, credit enough because it's the same writers as the first one. But two, that they, like, did things where it's like, okay, they didn't do the thing I expected them to do. That's more than I can say for a lot of other, like, predictable movies. So it's like, yeah, you'll get to the same end goal, but yeah, it doesn't do what you expected to to get there. For them to have the set dressing and then go, you know what, since you're here, let's have a little fun and flip some stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you want at the end of the day from something like this, you know? I I'm glad Keenan and Kel are, are getting paid. Yeah. They seem like nice guys. I have enjoyed them as a part of my childhood. The movie's fine. Right. Like, it's a fine movie to watch with your family. A worthy successor. Yeah, to the, to the Good Burger. Uh, if you want sound on in the background, boy, do I have the movie for you. Right, basically. Yeah, maybe maybe you'll catch a glimpse and catch a laugh every now and then. You know what I mean? It's a good, good Christmas movie, I, I feel like, probably, actually, you know? It was perfect for Thanksgiving, because it was just, we ate, sat down, and just like, huh. Right, right. Good. Get the family around and... Yeah, no-brainer movie and just have fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This has been the Review A New Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said, if you want to support the show, Kofi.com for one-time uh, payments for requests or Patreon.com slash RavCritic for the ongoing stuff. Uh, and let's wrap this motherfucker up and, and get this shit done. We, we went on way more than I was expecting us to talk about for the Good Burger 2 movie, but yeah, that's what we do around here, you know? Shit, we're we're under the runtime of the actual movie. Yeah, look at that. This has been the Review New Podcast, and signing off, I'm DJ. And I'm Will the Greatest. And I said, to beef, patty, special sauce, onions, tomatoes, lettuce, on a sesame seed bun. On a sesame seed bun, you big dummy. I want to be <laughs> 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 <laughs>